Hey, podcast listeners, what is happening? This is Dr. Sam Russell, and I want to welcome you guys back to episode eight of our Well Scripted with Dr. Sam podcast. As I mentioned before, I am your host, Dr. Sam Russell, and we're here to talk about on episode eight of our podcast series, Common Runner's Injuries. So let's jump right into it. Biggest thing we want to do is we're going to go up the chain. And when I say up the chain, we're going to start in the foot and work our way back up all the way up to the lower back. Now, there are a lot of injuries that a lot of runners that have come into my office or I've met out there in the field have endured uh, many (laughs) that too many to mention. And so it's a lot to cover, but I want to go over, as I mentioned before, common runner's injuries. Now, we're going to do our best to confine this into the time we have during this podcast. But if you have any questions whatsoever, you can always contact me. You can find me on Instagram at Dr. Sam Miami and DM me on there. Or you can visit our website at shinwellness.com and you can send me an email directly through the website. So let's get right into it. Talk about the common runner is injuries. Uh, first and foremost, like I said, form is very important when you're running. Many people don't understand that you know, just getting out there, putting your lacing up your shoes and getting out for a run is, yeah, that's very important. And that's the commitment to get your health back and you want to be active. But the form you use when running is vitally important to ensure that you're not going down the detrimental path, that your actual running is helping you and not hurting you. And when people don't acknowledge the form or don't know that they're running with poor form, then it can lead them down the rabbit hole of pain, suffering, and of course, frustration that follows and the injuries that ensue. So let's start in the foot. When you're running, you typically want a heel strike to toe off gait cycle. Now, what does that mean? Very simply is that when you're running and your foot in front is about to strike, it's in the air, it's about to strike the the ground. You want the heel, you want to come down on the heel first, not the mid midfoot. Some people run almost like Frankenstein where they're almost running and they're landing on their midfoot. Some people run on their toes where their heel never strikes the ground. A classic and best way to biomechanically run is through this heel strike and then you actually are on the outside portion of your heel rolling inward. So you're almost on the outside of the foot rolling inward to the inside portion of the foot and then as your heel comes off of the ground, your midfoot comes off of the ground and you so-called toe off. Now, this is something as an analogy called towing off is basically the big toe going from the outside toes to the big toe. And the big toe is the last thing that propels you forward. So heel strike, rolling from outer to inner, then towing off if you want the right biomechanics. Now, a lot of people get a lot of problems when they run because they start to feel stiffness in the bottom of their foot. Typically, they go to a doctor, whether it's a chiropractor, orthopedist, their primary care, physical therapist, and they're diagnosed with something called plantar fasciitis. This is something that you may be familiar with or you know someone who has. Now, what is plantar fasciitis? Well, fasciitis is inflammation of the fascia, and fascia is actually an organ that's found all over your body. Fascia is like a webbing that you find on top of your tendons, your ligaments, and it follows certain fascial planes. There are different fascia or webbing 
sequences throughout your body that can actually start in your ankle and move up to your knee. And there's some that start in the ankle and go all the way up to the hip, to the back, and so on and so forth. Now, this fascia is found all over your body, but we're not going to make this a podcast series about fascia. We can talk about it another time. But the most common injury when you hear fascia is plantar fasciitis. Now, plantar being the bottom of your foot and fasciitis being an inflammation of this, this webbing that starts in the heel and goes out almost like a web to your five toes. Now, what happens is, is there's tightness of this fascia or webbing, and people start to feel pain, specifically in the mornings when they first get up because the fascia is very tight, and or when they try to run and the fascia is too tight and they can't loosen it up. And then I hear this complaint a lot, Doc, when I start walking, when I start running, the beginning is true hell. It really hurts. Until I start to hit my stride, then my foot so-called loosens up a little bit. If this is something that you felt or you're familiar with, you may be suffering from even a mild case of plantar fasciitis. And we'll talk about how to deal with that a little bit later, but we want to get through the ailments first. Let's go right up the anatomy into the ankle. Now, when it comes to the ankle, there are four different ranges of motion when it comes to the ankle. Inversion and eversion, or turning the ankle inward or turning the ankle outward are very, very important for the ankle's stability. But when it comes to running, the two most important are dorsiflexion and plantar flexion. As the name states, dorsiflexion would be coming up. Plantar flexion, because it's the bottom of the foot, is when your foot goes downward, almost when you're trying to springboard off. I always try to tell uh, my patients, imagine doing calf raises. And when you put your toes down and you do a calf raise, you are actually plantar flexing your foot to initiate the contraction of your calf muscle or vice versa, contracting the calf muscle, which then causes the plantar flexion of your foot. So plantar is pointing down the toes. Dorsiflexion is pointing your toes up. Most runners and most people in society have more of a problem with the dorsiflexion. They can't actually point their toes or their ankle, their entire foot upward. They have no problem when they point their foot down, but they can't point their foot up. So that's the main issue, dorsiflexion of the ankle. As we work our way up into the shins, what is the number one thing you hear from runners? Shin splints. That's right. When it comes to shin splints, it can be a plethora of reasons, but typically it's some type of injury either to the tibia, which is the bone. There's two bones that run in your lower leg, the tibia being the weight-bearing bone, the other one being the fibula. The tibia is the bone if you run your finger in the front of your shin, that bone you feel, that is the tibia. So there could be some injuries to the tibia, microfractures or whatnot that could be occurring because of repetition of running. This is very common when people start to engage in runs that typically they're not used to. Let's say you're used to running one mile, two miles a week, and you want to get ready and prepared to run a marathon, and you start training doing 20, 25 miles a week, even up to five or 10 if your body's not equipped for it. You're in response to the added stress, you could actually have micro, not just tears, but micro fractures in the bones, micro tears in the muscles, micro fractures in the bones. So it's something to be aware of. Always listen to your body. But the more common ailment with shin splints is actually the tibialis anterior. There's a, this is the muscle that if you're looking at, let's use the analogy of your right lower leg. So if you have shin splints in your right lower leg, 
If you were to run your finger down the center where you feel that hard bone and then move your finger slightly outward, about a half inch to an inch to the outer, just off of that bone, let's say about a half inch, you would be on the muscle known as the tibialis anterior. Now, this muscle becomes very shortened for a number of reasons, but for a lot of runners, when this muscle becomes shortened and you attempt to go for a run, this muscle then fights against the elongation of the run because you need to obviously go back to it, heel strike, and then toe off, and your body says, nope, you haven't done that for a while, and or you haven't done that for such a long duration of time, and or you're pushing us a lot more than we're used to, and this muscle then starts to tighten up, and this is when people, runners, start to feel the pain known as shin splints. As we work our way up the anatomy, of course, the knees. Now, there's a number of knee injuries that could occur, from ACL to PCL to MCL to LCL, which are not just letters that you find on an eye chart. They actually correspond to certain ligaments in the knees, to meniscus injuries, and so on and so forth. But as we said in the beginning of the podcast, this is common runner's injuries. And the most common runner's injury that I've seen in my office is a fancy word known as chondromalacia patella. It's just a fancy way of saying decreased cartilage behind the kneecap. Now, your kneecap kind of floats out there. It has two tendons, one at the very top and one at the bottom. So the kneecap that's right in the middle of your knee, if you feel right below it and right above it, those are the tendons that actually attach that, that attach that bone, sorry, that attach the bone to the muscle. So what happens is, is that for one reason or another of tightness in these musculatures and or pressure on the knee itself, you actually start to cause degeneration of the cartilage that is right behind the kneecap, aka the patella. This develops into inflammation and irritation, especially when you're running for long periods of time, and you develop something called chondromalacia patella, which then deters your ability to run and do the things you enjoy doing. As we work our way up the anatomy to the hips, now we're going to talk about the outside portion of the hip, the front of the hip, and then the posterior aspect and a little bit higher, it's almost near the lower back. Let's start with the lateral hip or the outside portion of the hip. And this is so common because it's not really the area that the pain is, but it's the area that the problem is in. And something that many people, runners specifically, are diagnosed with is something called IT band syndrome. The iliotibial band syndrome. Now, anatomy-wise, this iliotibial band is actually a muscle that's very small called the TFL that is right on the side of your hip. This is rarely the area that you really feel the pain. But when there's a lot of tightness in this TFL muscle, it pulls on this long, what I call, guitar string of a tendon that runs all the way from your outside hip all the way to the outside portion of your knee. This guitar string tendon is known as the iliotibial band. A lot of times, runners can develop a lot of tightness in this band. It can cause anything from hip pain to knee pain to outside leg pain and a plethora of other things, and it impedes your ability to really enjoy your runs and or get the movement you need. A lot of times, runners complain, my left leg moves, Doc. My right leg doesn't move as well. I can't hit my stride. My left leg feels like it's, in, it's normal. The right leg is lagging behind. 
So it's very common with IT band syndrome. Now the front of the hip or the anterior hip is the actual hip joint. If you were to put the crease between where your leg the upper leg ends and your pubic area begins, that's that front hip area we're talking about here. And the most common thing there is the ball and socket joint and something called in anatomy acetabulum. So the ball and socket joint can actually for a number of reasons become degenerated, especially from repetition of use under a lot of stress. Now, does this mean that everyone who runs is going to develop degeneration and arthritis in this ball and socket joint? Not really, because it develops under stress if you're out of alignment and you're putting undue, imbalanced stress. But the stresses on the body, any exercise, any activity is a stress on the body. But it can be a good stress. That's how we build muscle, lean muscle tissue. That's how we burn fat, and that's how we get live a healthier and happier life. But when it comes to imbalances, especially in the legs, whether it's from the ankle, the knee, the hip, the lower back, the hip can take a lot of the grunt force of this. And this is why a lot of people in our day and age are actually suffering, especially in this country, from degeneration of their ball and socket, which can lead to, obviously, medical intervention, which can include injections and then Heaven forbid you're ever required to go into surgery. Getting hip replacement surgery is not an easy surgery, and anybody who's had it can tell you the surgery is the easy part. The recovery and rehab is very difficult. Also, what you want to be concerned about with the front hip is bursitis. Bursitis is a bursa sac that lubricates movement. So when it becomes irritated because it's being compressed, it actually starts to get inflamed as the itis portion of the name would entail. So bursitis of the capsule inside that ball and socket joint can actually become very inflamed. And we're going to talk about how to combat that. Now, the back of the hip, more toward, more toward the lower back, those little dimples you have in your back, you may or may not have them, those areas where the tailbone, the little triangular tailbone, interacts with the hips is called the sacroiliac joint. Now, this joint can become misaligned for a number of reasons, how we sit, how we stand, how we bend, how we sleep, so many reasons. However, once it does have misalignment, because when you walk, when you run, when you sit, they should be in certain posture and or certain biomechanics. What happens for a lot of people, one joint is moving and or working a lot more than the other one because the one joint that's not working too well is fixated and is not moving to its optimal range of motion and it becomes inflamed, something called sacroiliitis. And of course, the lower back which can then get the grunt of all this. You could have disc injuries. You could have, because there's inflammation on the disc, you could have facet syndrome, which is the joints behind the disc, become very, very inflamed and irritated. But this covers a couple of runner's injuries, but you're like, that's fine, doc, but how do I fix it? Yes, we're here to talk about treatment. So what can you do? Let's start with the bottom, and we'll try to get through all these as we can very as quickly as possible. Plantar fasciitis, as we talked about, the bottom of the foot being very, very tight. You can actually visit a healthcare professional in my office, specifically chiropractic um, offices that utilize sports medicine. We use something called Graston Technique, which is a tool in which we use soft tissue mobilization and manipulation to literally elongate 
the fascia. We work on it to kind of stretch it out a little bit because it's so tight. Yes, it can be painful during treatment, but the results are phenomenal. And most people see results very, very quickly if you're able to give the body what it needs. Other things that you may want to do if you do suffer from plantar fasciitis, you can massage the bottom of your foot starting with the heel and moving up toward the toes. Or you can use a ball like a tennis ball or a lacrosse ball or I tell patients if you have a lot of pain take a water bottle preferably one that doesn't have any grooves on it fill it with water put it in the freezer when it's all frozen take it out put it on the floor and roll your foot back and forth on it that way you're actually elongating the fascia and the ice is helping reduce the inflammation this can actually help for a lot of people especially after they've done a long run and or they're preparing for a marathon or a race that's upcoming shin splints what can you do about shin splints very simple massages that trigger that that actually target and trigger points on that tibialis anterior muscle, that muscle we talked about right off of the shin, about a half inch lateral or outside of that tibia bone, that center bone of the lower leg. If you can get trigger point massages on that area, you can actually help it tremendously. You can also then do some things at home doing stretches. If you look up stretches for the tibialis anterior, that can really make shin splints uh, very, very easier to handle and actually sometimes in many cases resolve them completely. So you want to look up those things, stretches and massages for that muscle, the tibialis anterior. Now for ankle tightness, I'm going to go back down. A lot of times we talked about there's plantar flexion, toes pointed down or toes pointed up. Which one's the bigger culprit? Toes pointed up. So laying on your back, putting a towel around the bottom of your foot and pulling your foot with your legs straight pulling your foot down a little bit, holding for a couple of seconds with a towel around the bottom of your foot as you're holding on to both sides and then letting it go. This will help increase and improve your dorsiflexion, which will help help you run better and give you a better what's called gait cycle, which is how you move through the motions of whether it's walking and or running. Now, in the knee, we talked about chondromalacia patella, typically, which is the decrease of the cartilage. Typically, this is dealt with by just telling patients to rest and use a little bit of ice on the kneecap. But I like to take it a step further. I know a lot of people who run, it's not only a physical, but a mental stress relief for them. It really is important for their mental health as much as it is for their physical. So you don't want to take them out of the game so quickly. So just a minimal time off from running to let the inflammation subside by using rest and ice, but then finding softer surfaces to run on. I tell patients all the time, you really want to avoid concrete and pavement because those are the worst for the knee and that will accelerate your degeneration. For the hips, as we talked about, the outside portion of the hip, for the IT band, stretching it, specifically using a foam roller, which anybody who's ever done it can tell you it is not the most pleasant thing when this band is very tight. But foam using a foam roller to loosen up the outside portion of your hip can be phenomenal and can actually give you the relief you're looking for. In addition, seeing a, mas- a licensed massage therapist that can trigger not only that IT band, but that small muscle we talked about right in the hip, that TFL muscle, can be a wonderful way to combat the pressure on the outside portion of your hip and the outside portion of your leg that comes from the IT band syndrome. 
when we talked about the front of the hip, that crevice between the top portion of your leg and where your pubic uh, region starts, the biggest thing I've seen is the ball and socket is out of alignment. How's the best way to treat it? Easy. I may be a little biased, but being a chiropractor, I've seen wonderful results with chiropractic adjustments as necessary when it's just a merely a misalignment of the hip and you can actually alleviate it very simply. We've done it for so many patients in my office, but a chiropractic adjustment followed up with postural rehabilitation exercises specifically targeted to help stabilize that joint and strengthen it to keep it from going down the detrimental path. Now, for the lower back and the posterior hip, again, I'm going to default to chiropractic adjustments. This isn't just because I'm a chiropractor. This is because in most cases I have seen, they are biomechanically imbalanced. And when you have biomechanical imbalances, structural imbalances on the body, that is the quickest way to accelerate degeneration. That is the quickest way to invite arthritis. This is the quickest way that we feel like our joints are aging. When people say, oh, my hips, I'm, I may be in my 40s, but my hips feel like they're in their 70s, or my knees feel like they are 20 years older than I am. This is the thing that people talk about. So we don't have to suffer like that. This is why chiropractic care can help tremendously, whether you're a long distance or competitive runner, or you just like going for a walk or a jog around the neighborhood every once in a while. These are certainly great methods to utilize. But I also want to give a big shout out of working with a certified athletic trainer and or physical therapist to bring balance to the muscles of the lower extremity, bringing bringing balance to the quadriceps, the hamstrings, the glutes, the calves, the shin muscles, and of course the ankle and feet. This will help remarkably to be able to avoid injuries in the future after you're able to bring motion to the hips and the back as needed. And of course, doing the things that we talked about you can do at home. Hope this helps shine some light onto some of the common runner's injuries that I, myself, and other sports uh, rehab doctors have seen in their office and how you can combat that on your own. If you're looking for a second opinion or looking just for an evaluation, you can always contact our office at chinwellness.com and set up an appointment with me, Dr. Sam Rasool, or I'd be happy to help you find someone in your uh, area if you're somewhere in the United States other than Miami, Florida, and we can help you get evaluated. But the number one thing is you want to try to avoid the injuries before they happen, but once you do have them, you want to treat them right and the root cause to get you back on to the pavement, to the field, to whatever sport you're in, and get out there and run because movement is life. I want to thank you guys for listening to this podcast. We went a little bit over our time, but I hope the information was worth it. If you have any questions, you can always you know, contact me through Instagram at Dr. Sam Miami. But I want to thank you for listening to Episode 8, Common Runner's Injuries. This has been Well Scripted with Dr. Sam. And as always, I'll implore you guys to stay safe, stay healthy, and live a healthy and happy lifestyle.